You're listening to the Hurdy Gurdy Travel Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Vakula, here to help you travel the world at next to no cost with credit card points, miles, benefits, and rewards. Make money, save money, and take advantage of great deals. Thanks for joining me for podcast episode number 68, Miles, Points, and Vacation Rentals with M. Andrew McConnell. Born in Birmingham, Alabama, McConnell was raised in a neighborhood built on a former tobacco field with a population of close to 50,000 people. He graduated from Harvard College, Harvard Law School, and the University of Cambridge with honors, all while becoming a member of the USA Open Water Swimming National Team and earning an international bronze medal. Andrew worked as a banker, attorney, and consultant before finally finding success as an entrepreneur. Andrew eventually took the company he founded, Rented.com, R-E-N-T-E-D.com, from less than $200,000 in revenue to nearly $10 million in under three years. Rented is now a two-time Inc. 500 winner, and the growth continues. Andrew is a regular contributor to Inc., Forbes, USA Today, Huffington Post, Betterment, Skift, and Curbed. Before today's discussion, a quick show note. I'll soon be hosting monthly meetups for the group Greater Philadelphia Travel, Credit Miles and Points, in Willow Grove, Pennsylvania. Following a successful trial run in November, the first official monthly meetup will occur in early January 2023. Find more information at meetup.com slash Philly Miles and Points. Find a link in the show notes. Here's my chat with special guest M. Andrew McConnell. Enjoy the show. All right. Thank you for joining me today. Yeah, it's my pleasure. I'm happy to be here. We chatted about two months ago for my other podcast, the Stoic Solutions podcast, to talk about your recent book. So today we'll go ahead and chat about a different discussion. For those who haven't heard the other discussion, can you drop the name of your book and a little bit of an elevator pitch so they can check that out after listening to the show? Yeah, absolutely. So the, the book is called Get Out of My Head, Creating Modern Clarity with Stoic Wisdom. And what it does is it introduces this concept of mind ownership versus mind rentership, that we only own one asset ever in our life. Any physical asset can be taken away or can break. Uh, Our body can get sick, but our mind is the thing that we own from birth. And yet we default to giving it away. We give it away to social media. We give it away to the news cycle. We give it away to events, to what people say or don't say um, to us. And this, the, the book gets into why this is a innate human trait and the remedies using the stoic framework to address that, including illustrations from a bunch of amazing modern day people, Navy SEALs, Olympians, the founder of DocuSign, social activists, artists, uh, and then includes exercises that people are able to put into practice in their own lives to not just take back that ownership, but to also maintain it. Great. And one thing I do like about Stoic philosophy is a lot of meditations on the frugal life, about being smart about our resources, about the things we do. And I think that comes in for today's discussion as we'll talk about miles and points at the beginning and later on about vacation rentals and ownership. So one thing with miles and points that I really like is saving money and not having to trade our time for money in a traditional job and paying full price for vacation. And you and I both have used miles and points to make and save a lot of money. That is absolutely true. Yeah, and if you can kind of effectively have other people to pay you to do things that you would do otherwise in any way, then that's great. And that's really what points and miles are all about. And how did you get started with miles and points? How did you learn about it? I mean, from an early age, whenever we would fly, my parents got us into the airline programs. So 
mostly Delta, but I had Delta American from an early age. And then I, my first job out of school, uh, full-time kind of professional was at McKinsey and Company. So you're living on the road, living in hotels, living on airplanes. And then it became more of a, a job in and of itself. And there was a, a person in the Atlanta office, David Kong, who was just really good at this and had a newsletter you could sign up for. They would constantly flag, here are the best promotions. Make sure you're signing up for this. Make sure you're getting this card. And that that was kind of the, the hook that got me sucked in. And that's from that point forward, I, I really started signing up for a bunch of cards, getting the bonuses, canceling, waiting for the time limits, signing up for new cards, getting the bonuses, and, and really maximizing card uh, points all across the board. Oh, excellent. I think most people that I've talked to are unfamiliar with the hobby. They maybe have only one or two credit cards. Sometimes they're not even getting a great return on their everyday spend. And their idea is, oh, okay, well, look, I got maybe 3% back on gas and, oh, that sounds good to me, but we're doing it in a much different way to get a bigger earn, particularly from multiple cards, welcome offers and travel benefits. Yeah, definitely in terms of earning the maximum points and also on the utilization, uh, I think was, I would also look at the value. A lot of people would burn them to, to get a domestic flight. And sometimes you're getting a cent on the dollar, half a cent, 0.7 cents on the dollar for some of those domestic flights. But I would find these opportunities for international flights where you could fly on partner airlines, et cetera, where you're getting closer to eight to 12 cents a dollar. And so we flew my entire family round trip business class uh, to Vietnam and Myanmar all on points on Cathay Pacific, and it costs 100,000 points round trip in business on Cathay Pacific. Um, just and, and the ticket, if you went to buy it, it was going to be eight to $12,000. And so you can really, if you find opportunities of where those high value seats are, and honestly, a lot of the airlines are getting better about this with dynamic pricing, which is kind of my job in the vacation rental side. Um, now I'm moving <laughs> to more of that on points. So it's harder to do that in those holiday periods. But there were some amazing opportunities in there. Yes, and that comes from signing up for these multiple cards, reaching the minimum spend requirements, and of course, being responsible with credit, as we're not doing this to pay interest, to get into debt, anything like that. Yeah, no, I mean, I've never rolled payments over month to month. We, we pay off the credit card in full every month. So it's, it's not been about actually using the credit card for the credit. It's been about using it to get the points, really, at every juncture. Mm -hmm. And on the business side, sometimes we also see 0% APR, sometimes on the personal as well. So I, I look at that as maybe 10, 12 months of free money that, hey, if the bank wants to loan me $10,000, $15,000 that I don't have to pay back later, and I know I can pay it back. And that's also a good perk too, especially for people with businesses that maybe it's taken them a little bit longer to get paid or actualize their investment. Yeah, especially if you set that aside and go put it in a CD or go put it in something that's earning interest. Then again, the credit card's paying you money to not pay it off. Yeah, and more recently, I've opened different bank accounts, different savings accounts where they'll say, hey, park maybe $5,000, $10,000 with us for 90 days and we'll give you a sort of bonus. Yeah. So the money from the zero APR can definitely uh, go pretty well there versus like people are just investing in the market. Maybe they're making like an 8% return over a whole year period. But if I can make maybe $300, $500 in just 60 days, 90 days, with very, very little risk. I, I really like that personally. Especially if you're parking it to specifically pay off 
the balance that you have on the card. You might not want to put it in something that maybe on the long, long enough time horizon, your confidence going up, but on any given day may not. And you say, I need to know I have at least X as of this date to pay this off. Then finding one of those safer yield bearing accounts uh, is definitely a, a safer way to do it. Yep. And let's go into some of the credit cards that you have. What are some current cards that you've had, maybe some recent signups or cards that you like and use a lot? Yeah, I mean, especially because Amex, you don't get the multiple bonuses. Um, you know, you get once in a lifetime for each card. So being normally based in Atlanta, I did the, the Delta Normal Amex, then the Delta Gold, then the Delta Platinum, then the Delta Reserve. So I got the bonuses on all of those. And that's my go-to. I, I stuck at the reserve, get a lot of perks with the, the free clear, the um, Sky Club access, there's some travel credits. You, you get a bunch on that. Plus, because we fly Delta so much, that's just really where I want to earn my base level of points. Also, right now, because I, I recently had signed up for bonuses, have a VA MasterCard as well as a American Airlines Visa. Oh, uh, British, British Airways for yes. our listeners. Yeah, yeah, for British Airways. MasterCard, my wife's English, so we go back and forth. And then they're Avios, you know, you can use across airlines. You can use on Cathay Pacific, you can use it on American Airlines. So I have both American Airlines Visa and uh, British Airways MasterCard. And then I, I do it with my my wife as well. She, her staple go-to card, uh, they don't even have this card at home think anymore, but it's an absolutely incredible card, uh, is the Ritz card, which is yes. uh, similar to the Delta Reserve in terms of the cost to, to have it year to year, but it gives you automatic status at Ritz, at Marriott, gives you complimentary club level upgrades, um, gives you free Marriott nights uh, plus travel credits, all these things. It, it's one of those that as long as you're using the perch, you're getting roughly 3x of what the, the annual fee is. And so we just see it as an investment on that as a go-to. Yeah, some people have been able to product change into the Ritz card, but it's currently not available for new signups. But that's definitely one that people really, really like. Yes, once you're using the benefits, it's easily offsetting the annual fee as many people are a little bit hesitant about signing up for the annual fee. Oh, well, I don't want to pay 95. I don't want to pay $200, whatever right. annual fee might be. But as you say, if you get these benefits that offset it, it's a real no-brainer. It's like, hey, if I can put $200 in at the bank and then at the end of the year, I'm getting 700 back. Like, how do I not do that? Yeah. And the, the other one, kind of another go-to that I keep is I do the Chase Reserve card. And that's kind of my backup. Not everywhere accepts American Express, especially outside the U.S. So having a, yeah. a visa that's a backup and those Chase reward points are just very transferable to almost any airline, almost any uh, hotel. And so they, they have a lot of optionality on them. So I like that card. We both have, is it City Advantage cards? Um, oh, the American you. Airlines? No, 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 sorry. We have those. We oh, have the City, City Premier, City Prestige? Yeah, it's, it's a, it's, I think it's their thank you points. I mean, it's one that we got years and years ago, but we haven't closed down because we never transferred the points out. Um, and so we still have those sitting there. They, they're good. They, they can, you can transfer to Singapore Airlines, which is one that I think we'd love to fly, you know, in the front on an international flight. So we keep those in reserve back there for if and when we want to use those points. 
Yes, and you mentioned the Delta cards earlier, and it's interesting because some of those come with companion passes. So if you have a partner that you travel with on the regular, that can be pretty good value there. Yeah, again, that's there's a little, they're getting tighter on the availability on some of that stuff. So they've not always been super easy to use. But it, again, if you use those right, you use them for a cross country like Atlanta to LA and say, okay, well, yeah, I paid $400 a year for this card, but I just got a free $520 plane ticket plus all the other pieces. It's a highly valuable asset. Sure. And the high spend also gets you status with Delta, as I currently have platinum status from welcome bonuses and high spend on the card. So that's gotten me a lot and a lot of seat upgrades to not only Comfort Plus, which is basically the premium economy for listeners who aren't familiar, but also to first class. Yeah. A lot of space, some free food on the flight, some free drinks. So that's always a nice thing as a lot of these enhance the value of travel is maybe people in the game really don't have access to the lounges. They don't have access to the mm -hmm. room upgrades and many of the other perks. So it's really nice to have some of these advantages on spending that we're just doing anyway, or spending that we might be doing in a creative manner. Yeah. And that's, you know, with the, the diamond status and I believe platinum as well, you get those annual benefits as well. And you get to pick them up. Hey, I want to gift a gold or a silver status to someone else, or I want international upgrades. And so we, we just upgraded on an international flight for a whole family. We could buy a cheaper ticket, but we use these upgrades to, to move forward. That that was again, a free perk of achieving that status. Yeah. So lots, lots and lots of benefits. And even doing this for several years, we're still able to sign up for new cards, get approved, get all these benefits that some people worry oh, is this going to tank our credit? Is this going to be some kind of black mark on us? Yeah, it hasn't. I mean, it hasn't impacted us enough. I I see my credit. I keep track of it. Um, definitely monitor if we bought a house back in 2020 of when we're going in to go get a mortgage that we're not hitting it too much. But again, by being really diligent about paying that off each month and at no one time having maybe more than six cards, seven cards at a time. Um, but we do turn through them with pretty regular frequency. Yeah, right now I'm over 35 cards doing wow. this since 2018, and I've canceled several. Oh, okay. So yeah. the approvals keep coming in, and it really hasn't been a problem. There could be some temporary fluctuations of, oh, four points here, five points right. here. But it's not really a big deal. There's no need for this perfect credit score. People are like yearning for this like high 800 number. It's just... Not necessary if you're like 750-ish or higher, you're still getting approved for stuff. It's Correct. like maybe a personal achievement goal, but I, I personally don't really care about that. As long as I'm getting approved and I can get good rates on if I need to take out maybe an auto loan or get a mortgage or something, I'll, I'll be okay with that. Yeah. Do you have any advice for people just starting out with this, with miles and points? Maybe they've read some blogs, they've listened to some podcast episodes, YouTube videos, and some people some people say, oh, this seems overwhelming. It seems like a lot of information. Where do I start? What do I do? Yeah, I, I'd say start where you travel the most. So if you are in Chicago or Dallas, you know, some hub of American Airlines, I would definitely start as a base, hey, find the best card for American Airlines and just start with something. Um, same if you're in Atlanta for Delta. And those hub cities really make a big difference. If there's one airline you fly way more than all the others, I would definitely start there, see if there's a good sign-up bonus, do a little searching around because don't just default to whatever is on the site, there might be some pretty special sign up bonuses that 
normally say we'll give you 25,000 points, but they're running this promotion for this period of time. They'll give you 100,000 points. I've done that several times that signing mm-hmm. up in that minimum $3,000 spend, you're getting 1,000 points. So do, do your research. And then there are great sites out there you can find each month. Here are the best promotions for this month. And depending what you want and get those top X cards that are currently available, what are the best sign up bonuses? And without too much research, just start with one and then maybe build from there. Of, okay, great. I have an airline. Let me get a hotel and then work from there. And then if, as you monitor maybe every few months, uh, what those promotions are, if they're ones that really appeal to you, add them on. And just once you get them, assuming you're not going to lose the points. So that's the thing with some of these like Chase or City that are tied to a bank as opposed to an airline or a hotel. If you cancel them, your points can disappear if you don't transfer them to an airline or hotel. Whereas if you have an airline card or a hotel card, your points are tied to the airline or that hotel. So you can cancel those cards without losing those points. So it's a, a little different. Yes. And you mentioned Chase and the beauty of that is the flexible currency, as you've mentioned, where, okay, hey, I can use the travel portal. I can transfer to Hyatt. I can transfer to United, different airlines. So flexibility is usually a very good thing. And for people just starting out, I usually recommend Chase because they're stricter with approvals that long story short, if you open five or more accounts right. in the last 24 months appearing on personal credit, you won't be eligible for Chase cards anymore in most situations. So usually starting with Chase is a good way to go and some of the lower annual fee cards. So that's usually a a good way to go. So yeah, definitely being mindful, being aware of your travel patterns, what you plan to do. And even in some cases, cash back, as a lot of these points can just be cashed out. Maybe someone doesn't plan on traveling very often. So definitely have a lot of options for cashing out and getting decent signup bonuses, especially on the business side. Like US Bank was recently offering $750 signup bonuses, $500 signup bonuses on some of their business cards. Yeah, it's just money in your pocket. Yeah, and some extra financing in a way too with a zero APR. As I've mentioned before, that can be a really helpful thing for some people. Sometimes they value the zero APR more than the actual uh, travel benefits and some of the perks. So definitely uh, something out there for everyone. And now as we're coming into the holiday season, we're recording in October of 2022. I'm sure we're going to see a lot of increased offers from banks. We might get some postcards in the mail to say, hey, we're offering you bonus points for spending in this holiday season, whatever. Last year, I got a few 0% APR offers on personal cards and some business cards. That was just a limited time thing. So hey, it's some extra money, extra flexibility. So lots of benefits to be had. Yeah, we throw away a lot of the junk mail, but some of it, there can be some gems in there. Yep. And for your purposes, have you been able to make most of your purchases on credit? How has using credit been a lot better for you than using cash or debit? Well, I just don't carry cash. I mean, I just, I only carry a phone. I don't really carry a wallet and I have my cards and my license and my phone. So it it just makes it way easier because it's way more secure to me to have a card instead of cash. If anything happens, if anything gets lost, I can just cancel the card. If I lose mm-hmm. the cash, I'd never get it back. And it's easier to monitor <laughs> where I spend, whereas cash just kind of disappears and don't necessarily keep all the receipts credit card and go each week and look at, okay, here's, here's what we're spending on. Is this within budget? Is this where I need to be spending money or not? And really stay on top of it much better. 
Yes, and I recommend most people check in their accounts every week. Just set aside maybe a half an hour, 45 minutes, log in your accounts, make sure everything's in the up and up. There is some maintenance, there's some organization involved, but the payoff is very high. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've had some truly amazing vacations thanks to these points uh, and the status and kind of everything that goes with it. So the trade-off for us has definitely been worth it. Yes, and for me, I'm into reselling, so I'm reselling products on eBay. I'm involved with gift cards and gift card reselling. So having all these extra lines of credit to purchase and flip things really, really, really helps. Although for me, I have to carry around certain cards because some cashiers will want to see a physical card as there are certain alleged store policies that require the physical cards. Although I do use mobile wallets, I use uh, Samsung smartwatch, and I can store 10 credit cards in the watch and use that to pay for things. So that's an interesting way. And yeah, more security is a good point because yeah, people can definitely lose cash. That's, you know, I've heard these, I've heard people talking about, Oh, I found like $20 in my pants pocket. Like, uh Oh, how did that happen? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or how about the times where you don't find that $20 and it just fell out somewhere. Like I, I go to, to CVS on the regular and they've installed a lot of self checkouts and I see people walking out and money is spitting out of the register as change that they don't even realize is coming out that they're not paying attention to the transaction. Yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah. I mean, as we get more and more cashless, uh, it just, the cards become a go-to. Yeah. And uh, some of our foes, including uh, Dave Ramsey, who I had a recent episode on, you know, he, he's just all black and white thinking of credit cards are all terrible. You're going to get into debt. You're going to spend more than you realize. You you lack control. What, what do you have to say to some of these criticisms? I, I think the same could be said the other way, right? I mean, it, a lot of it just comes down to discipline of if you stay on top of it and track, I actually find it easier to track on the credit card than on cash. Um, I'm sure you could put the limits in of this $20 is for food versus this $20 is for gas and never mix the two, but it's far harder when you get that change to know, okay, this only goes in this envelope versus the other. Whereas on your credit card each week, you just see this spent on this, you have Excel, you can go break it all out. Uh, I, I find it much easier to stay on top. And if you know exactly what you're able to spend and don't spend more than that and pay it down every month, then it's pretty easy. Yeah, I definitely need to have the personal discipline as I think anything could be taken to excess. I'm not going to go out here preaching on the podcast that alcohol is bad because some people get into accidents or some people abuse it. Um, maybe it's not for everyone, but for the people who do have the control, who do have the self-discipline, uh, credit cards can be amazing. Correct. Yeah. It, it depends what you do with them. Yeah. Really been life-changing when I'm able to basically say, Hey, I want to go to this conference. I want to go to this location and I'm just able to use miles and points and pay very little every time I do it. It's dramatically, dramatically changed my life and increased my quality of life. Still maintaining a frugal life as, you know, I'm not just going out and buying random Gucci bags and expensive TVs just to earn the points. That's not happening. I'm still keeping to a frugal lifestyle and I'm able to, as I said, with reselling, just to name one thing, creatively spend on the cards in order to yeah. get the rewards. Yeah. So I think it can fit into a lot of people's lifestyles of maybe, oh, you're flipping homes. Oh, maybe you, you own some sort of business where you're selling things on Etsy and you could buy your products, put it on the credit cards, pay it off and be able to pick up all these big bonuses in the meantime. Yeah. Inventory financing, basically. All right, and to move on to another topic, can you talk about your vacation rental enterprise, rented.com? Yeah, so rented.com, we do pricing and revenue management for the vacation rental industry. 
And this is an industry that it's certainly grown tremendously. I, I think in 99 globally, it was worth $40 billion. Now it's well over 200. The US alone last year did 60 billion. And more and more people, especially with the pandemic, uh, started waking up to, wow, these incredible properties, Airbnb helped, but there's far more in the world beyond just what's listed on Airbnb and what it can offer in terms of, okay, maybe I'm paying slightly more than a hotel, but my entire family's staying here and we would have had to get four hotel rooms to do the same thing. And they might not have been connecting, whereas we have all that. We have a pool just for our family. We have mm -hmm. this great kitchen. We have all these bathrooms. Like You just get a lot more space than what you get with a hotel room. And sometimes you're saving money based on what you would pay at a hotel. Sometimes you're not, but you're getting a lot more. Um, but this is an industry where traditionally there hasn't been great opportunity for points. The two big developments that have kind of changed there are Marriott has gotten into it with their Homes and Villas product. And so they've had a ton of Bonvoy members use their points to go book some of these incredible vacation homes through their Homes and Villas product and site. Uh, and there's also Hopper Homes has moved into it and they have all through their app, this travel network that people earn, I think it's called Carrot Cash as you travel and you can use that again to have rewards to book vacation rentals. But there's some tricks even if you're not using points to, to be more frugal, to, to save more money. I, I don't know if everybody realizes that Airbnb, Booking.com, Verbo, these sites charge very hefty fees. Uh, on both on the guest side and, and on the, the listing side, the host side or the manager side. And so if you're able to go book direct, there's a big conference happening right now in Miami called Book Direct. If you're able to go directly to that owner, directly to that uh, host or that property manager, you're going to save sometimes 15, 20% over what you would have paid if you went through one of those sites. And so maybe you use those to search and find what's going on and then do a reverse Google image search to find where else is this property listed? Oh, it's on their website. Let me go there where it's cheaper <laughs> and book it. Or you don't even necessarily have to start with Airbnb or Verboro or these other listing sites. You can just go vacation rental manager in Hilton Head, vacation rental manager in Seapines, you know, wherever you're going. And you'll see these markets, they have 30, 40, sometimes hundreds of little companies that provide this amazing hospitality that are actually the people listing the properties on Airbnb in the first place. And so you're able to interact directly with the company, get a better rate uh, and have a lot better protection. And so if, if you're looking to do it, that is a, a very big thing. Maybe you use one for discovery, but for booking, you really want to go book direct. Good. And you're mostly focused on the host or the owner side with rented.com. Yeah. So what we do is we do, like I said, pricing and revenue management. So people are used to, prices for airlines, for hotels constantly fluctuating and changing based on what's happening in the market. Whereas vacation rentals, historically, they're just set the price. They say, oh, for the summer, this is this much a night. For the winter, it's this much a night. And what we said is that doesn't necessarily make sense. Uh, you know, a Tuesday night's not worth the same as a Thursday or Friday night. And depending how many people are trying to book it, it may be worth more or less. And so we built the algorithms and the data models behind to fluctuate those prices which can mean 4th of July, you may not be paying more than you otherwise would, but also that October 18th, this Tuesday night, you may be paying a lot less and it may open up opportunities, especially in this more digital nomadic world where you're able to travel and stay in some incredible places at price points that would just, you would have never done it otherwise because the price would have just been set too high, even though nobody would pay that.
So how does Rented help hosts or owners versus just listing on Airbnb or maybe just looking at local maybe cleaning services or other property management? Yeah, what we do is for those property managers, we set the daily prices. So whether they're listing on Airbnb or Verbo or their own site or all of the above, what we're doing is constantly setting every day's price based on what's happening in the market and fluctuating that price to ensure they're making the most money. They're keeping the properties full because they're pricing that that day correctly based on what's happening as of that day. Oh, okay. I see. So rather than just having an empty place, you're helping the owners find a reasonable price, find the tenants or the people who are going to be renting these, right. these homes to come in. Right. Because it could be, hey, my price is 350 a night. Well, on a Tuesday night, there's no demand. But if you would set your price at $272 a night, somebody would have booked it. And so what we're doing is we're adjusting that price to get it to the right price to get somebody to book it. Good. And do you also provide other services like helping with the cleaning or finding some local agencies that would do that rather than the homeowner or the host being able to do that themselves? Typically, 40 plus of these vacation rental management companies, these local professionals that do that in each market, um, beach markets, mountain markets, lake markets, ski markets. And those are the clients we work with. And so for the host, they can try to manage that themselves and use rented to set their pricing, or they could find that professional to say, hey, I don't want to spend 10 hours plus a week dealing with this. Let me just hire the professional who mm -hmm. can put the time, I'm going to value my time, and I'm going to net roughly the same amount of money because they're doing it full time, whereas it's just a side hustle for me. Good. And rented is rented integrated with credit card payment processing. We personally don't because what we do is we plug into the property management company. So I mean, we process our clients' credit cards to, to pay us, but the the guest is going to be paying the property manager. And so they'd be paying credit card to the property manager, not to us. And how do people get started with Rented? It looks on your website that there's a demo and some information. Yeah, people, you would just, if you had an Airbnb um, account, you can go sign up on Rented. You set the, take the link to your Airbnb, paste it in, and we'll pull your property in and say, here's the price for each night. And you can decide to start pushing those prices live, or you can just wait until you feel comfortable with them and look at them. But it, it won't push anything live until you add a credit card and decide that you want to start pushing live. But all you have to do is basically paste an Airbnb link in uh, and to create an account. Good. And any other features that Rented might offer? It's really around pricing and revenue management right now. So the, there are a ton of features in ART, our automated rate tool. Um, that I don't think we'll have time to to get into all of them. But besides just fluctuating the pricing, there's a bunch of powered user tools um, to do revenue management on top of the automated rate tool. And aside from owners of people who would use Rented, what advice would you have for vacationers, for renters of things to look for at certain properties? I mean, the, the biggest thing I would say is research it. Just do search, find who the local management companies are, see who has great reviews see the location you want to be in, what amenities you want to have, and book direct. Just look, go direct to the company, you're going to get a better deal. Good. And some other advantages you might see with the vacation rentals versus maybe something like a Marriott, Hyatt, or Hilton property? Uh, it just depends what you're looking for. So uh, again, with a, a vacation rental, you're typically going to get much more space. You're going to have everybody under a single roof. You're not going to have other people in the way. You'll have a full-size refrigerator, full kitchen. Sometimes private pool, depends what amenities 
uh, or in the property you're booking, but it it is different than a hotel. You know, if you're going for a conference that's at a hotel, I, I'll still stay at a hotel because I don't want to have to commute back and forth. Unless I'm going with my full team, then maybe we say, hey, this is a great opportunity for us all to get together. Let's rent a nice house and we'll stay together there. Um, if you're staying for several nights, it makes more sense a lot of times to stay at a vacation rental, but because of the higher cleaning fees, if you're just for one night, it can make more sense to stay at a hotel. So it's really use case dependent, I find. Yeah, no location could definitely be a thing. I've been to some conferences that didn't have hotel rooms and maybe the closest uh, name brand hotel would be something like 30 minutes away where an Airbnb would be something like 10. Yeah. So it definitely saves the commute back and forth. For sure. And for property owners, what are some advantages that you see of going into the vacation rental game rather than just say having a traditional rental agreement with a tenant or a family? I mean, it's mostly a revenue-based decision. If you're in a market where there is short-term rental demand and it's legal to rent your property as a short-term rental, you're going to be able to net more money at the end of the year than if you did a long-term tenant. Yes, as long as they have the occupation, as long as people are using it and that's something I've rented, it's helping with just those prices. Correct, which is, you know, you need to be in a market where there's enough demand that you would have occupancy to generate that. And then you need to be pricing it correctly to generate that that occupancy. Right. And where do you see the current booming markets at the moment as we're recording here in October of 2022? It's still, it, it's way ahead of pre-pandemic, you know, way ahead of 2019. I think 2021 and to some extent parts of 2020 were abnormally high. And so there's a little bit of a correction on some markets from those peaks. Now that international travel and some of this other has opened up but the demand is still just enormous. People realize there's this entirely different and in many ways better product out there and they've gone after it. And are there particular locations that you see that are booming? Maybe something like Florida, Las Vegas? Yeah, so it, in the pandemic, 2020, 2021, it was really beach markets and to some extent ski markets took off uh, as well as a lot of rural uh, markets near national parks really, really did very, very well. Those have since slowed down and urban markets that really had a hard time in the pandemic are starting to pick up uh, and then international markets are, are picking up again. There's a lack of international travel there for a long time, which boosted the domestic side, but it, it's starting to pick up now. Yeah, for sure. There were some conferences I know that were canceled due to the lack of international speakers or attendees, but now a lot of the vaccine regulations are lifted or eased in a large way. So more opportunities for people, for sure, for domestic travel, international travel, and even cruises. Cruises are coming back <laughs> they certainly are. as well. Yep. And definitely through the credit card game, I've personally received a lot of offers for comp cruises or very low cost cruises with certain casino statuses. So that's been more accessible. So yes, the travel dynamics are changing. All right. We're coming up to the end of the recording. Would you like to add some information for listeners of where they can find you, find your rented.com information and your book once again. Yeah. So uh, again, company is rented.com. It's right there in the name. And then the, the book is Get Out of My Head, Creating Modern Clarity with Stoic Wisdom. And you can find more about me on LinkedIn, on social at M.A. McConnell on Twitter and Andrew McConnell on Instagram. And my website is mandrewmcconnell.com. All right. Thank you for joining me today. Yeah. Thank you so much, Justin. Have a great one. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for more episodes. Visit my website at 
hurdygurdytravel.com. That's H-U-R-D-Y-G-U-R-D-Y travel.com. To contact me, find me on social media, read episode transcripts, and schedule a free credit card consultation. Support the show through Subscribestar, referral links, and buying from my eBay store. Find the show on YouTube, where you can find podcast episodes and bonus videos. Listen on many podcast platforms. Please like, share, comment, and subscribe. A Subscribestar subscription will give you special perks, including a custom podcast episode, questions answered by upcoming guests, and monthly private one-on-one conversations, delving into more advanced topics I don't openly discuss at length in podcast episodes. Visit meetup.com slash Philly Miles and Points to learn about monthly Miles and Points meetups I'll be hosting in Willow Grove, Pennsylvania starting January 2023. I hope to see you in person at a future event. Find a link in the show notes. Listen to my other podcast, the Stoic Solutions Podcast, found at stoicsolutionspodcast.com. My podcast guests and I offer practical wisdom for everyday life inspired by the ancient tradition of Stoic philosophy from Greece and Rome. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.